welcome to the OCRWC podcast. Today I catch up with Faye and Jessica, founders of Grit Coaching. With a combined experience of high-level OCR and Olympic running, they set out to create an online coaching platform to help OCR athletes achieve their very best. I talked to them about their history, how they started, and how they made it all work. Hi, Faye and Jessica, welcome to the OCRWC podcast. How are you doing? Good, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, good. It's been really sunny here, so I've been enjoying it, although I don't look like it in my hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been gorgeous here in Canada, too. Um, we get about two weeks a year of nice weather, and <laughs> this is them, so I've been enjoying the sunshine. <laughs> We've actually got a Spartan race this weekend in the Midlands in the UK, and it, it sounds crazy for people in the States because you deal with such hot weather. But for us, it's going to be like 34, 35 degrees. I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit. And it's kind of like, should it happen? How are people going to stay safe? Like, it's really hot. It's really hot. That's hot. That's almost That's 100 hot. degrees Fahrenheit. Is that hot? Or more. And I, so I, I've been living in the U.S. for years now, and I still, five years, and I still don't know how to do Fahrenheit. So we're, we're all Celsius people here. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So... Guys, give me a bit of background information on who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. Jess, why don't you go first? Sure. So um, I'm Jess. I live in Calgary, Canada. Um, Faye, who's here with me as well, her and I um, run an online coaching business called Grit Coaching, and we're going to be at OCRWC this year doing some speaking, and so that's why we connected with this podcast. But a bit about me. Um, I am or I was a professional track and field athlete for the last seven years I'm just kind of on my way out because I've had a pretty unfortunate string of injuries that have lingered for a little bit too long for it to be you know rational to continue in track and field at this time but um, I represented Canada 17 times in different world championships Commonwealth Games um, Pan Am Games and nope. the Olympics are probably the <laughs> the you know the pinnacle of that I was at the 2016 Rio Olympics and I competed in the 5,000 meters wow um, yeah <laughs> super awesome it was super That's fun absolutely mega yeah so you you definitely know what you're doing <laughs> this is where you yeah, gotta it, it, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Um, I'm so, so interrupting. I just have to get this. This is where you got to ask Fran, Jess, what did you run your 5,000 meters in? Okay. <laughs> Jess, what did you run your 5,000 meters in? Faye is my hype girl. That's why we work together. I just bring her around everywhere. I used to bring her on dates with me to <laughs> hype me up. Just kidding. Um, my personal best in the 5K is 15.06. Um, I always wanted to break 15. That was my career goal, but it never oh, happened. So, bad. or it hasn't yet. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I was pretty excited to run 15.06 though. That's insane. I mean, that is insane. That is absolutely insane. I'm sorry. Like, it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. You can be my head girl too, Fred. <laughs> I know. I think it's marvelous. Like, I'm, I, I've never been a fantastic runner. I like it, but I'm not amazing. No, that's true. I don't even particularly like it, but it's something that I've always kind of done. And I've recently been trying to get back into, well, I signed up for a marathon, which is really stupid. And I'm no. trying to get back into running. And like the other night I went for a run and it was really good. I went in the trail near me and I looked at my watch and I was like, oh, 540. This is amazing. I was so proud of myself. And it's like kind of my running journey has gone so far that like, 6.30 is, is kind of average, so I was really happy. And then, gosh, the things the human body is capable of is insane. Totally. And the, and the coolest part is, um, like, it's so trainable. Like, like yeah, yeah, you're, what, what is easy to you can, like, can decline, you know, if you've had to some time back away from running, but it comes mm. back, which is mm. so cool. That is so, so cool. <laughs> I, I guess that's what sparks your excitement and interest in training people then because I, yeah. I can see it talking to you like that passion for getting that back for people and, and how it's actually possible totally like I love running obviously and so <laughs> I really like when I can help others to love it as much as I do I guess um oh. off the when I wasn't training over the last few years I was doing a master's degree in exercise physiology so 
I'm um I'm pretty nerdy, so I, yeah. I I love participating in running, but I also like teaching people about running or educating them or problem solving. That's my favorite part of coaching is someone comes to you with a problem. They're out of shape or they had a baby or they um, have this crazy job. And then how do we hmm. make your training good for you? How can we help you? <laughs> that, yeah. that part's fun to me. Because there are, I mean, the first thing is there are a lot of, just because you're a great athlete doesn't mean you'll be a great coach. The, the two don't necessarily go hand in hand. Um, but there are a lot of coaches out there and it's not as bad as it was a few years ago where it's kind of the theory is, well, if you want it hard enough, you'll do it. And it's like, no, we need help to work out how to do it and to yeah. get that motivation and to get that drive because it's too easy when you just live a normal human life that isn't focused around sport to go, oh, yeah, I've got to go for a run. I know. And, 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 and to get that interest and excitement and, and yeah. yeah, so... Mm. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> and Faye, how about you? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I grew up with Jess. Um, I, as well, ran track and field and cross country, um, not at even half the level as Jess. Um, but I transitioned after university, so I did my kinesiology as well, so, like, exercise sciences. Um, and after I graduated with that, I stumbled across obstacle course racing, Um and yeah, was, was really good at it. I, I, I really came into it at the, the right time. Um, I kind of started my taking it sort of seriously in 2016. And that's when it, there was the Spartan pro team was under Reebok. And there was like, it was on NBC Sports and ESPN. Um, so that like completely changed my world. Um, I was able to lock down a bunch of sponsors, actually quit my corporate job at the time. Um, make a full living for like three solid years off obstacle course racing through sponsors and, and prize money and podium bonuses and all that. So it was a dream come true. Um, on as well as when I left my job, I linked up with Jessica. She was getting ready for the Olympics. I was just starting this whole new life as a pro obstacle racer under Reebok at the time. And yeah, we just sort of decided like we probably should – uh, to be honest, it sort of triggered me because I was getting all these Instagram messages like, how do you train? How do you train? And I was kind of like, well, both, I left my job. Like maybe I could somehow monetize this. <laughs> and it was, we built this, we, I always like to share this story. We built this business together and we met at a coffee shop and Jess was like, all right, well, let's go build the website. So come back here tomorrow with your laptop. And I was like, I don't have a laptop. Like that was how like <laughs> old school we were. And now we have an app and we have all these cool things. And um, yeah, we've been working together since 2017 and we've coached, you know, over a hundred athletes um, and, and we just love it. Um, I love that. Yeah. I just like, you can kind of hear the passion in Jessica's voice about mm -hmm. people getting faster running, you know, it, it's just a really fulfilling job and to do it with your best friend and to get to do it like anywhere in the world. And it's just, it's been a dream come true. So um, I, I'm still dabbling in obstacle racing here and there. Um, I show up, I showed up to the world championships last year in Abu Dhabi, um, mm -hmm. had my all time worst placement, which was seventh, which wasn't terrible considering oh, now, awful. now awful. I'm managing a few more things on my plate, but, um, yeah, I come back every, every, every once in a while and try and shake it up with the top girls. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's my story. I mean, I see your name popping up. I don't know if you know about the rankings, but I manage that side of things as well. We do a OCRWC monthly rankings, which is, um, it's like a poll. It's an opinions poll. So people vote. Uh, we have a committee of, a small committee of, of people spread across US, Canada and um, UK, and they vote on athletes every month. And so, yeah, I still see your name popping up. Oh, it's there. still in and there. people giving you points and, you know. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's good It happens. Time. I want to piggyback That's... off Faye's uh, laptop story because that was yeah. kind of funny that we didn't even have a laptop or she didn't have a laptop to start her online business. But <laughs> the reason why she didn't have a laptop was because um, when I was like, this is just like a testament to A, our friendship and B, how hilarious it is that we now have an online business. <laughs> like um, When I was finishing up my master's, like a week before my thesis was due, I was walking and it started pouring rain and my laptop got water damaged. And so... Oh. Faye lent me hers, which was so kind, and I just borrowed it for, like, a year, probably, because she wasn't really <laughs> using it, 
And then I brought it to Mexico um, on vacation, which maybe I shouldn't have done, and it overheated. So <laughs> <laughs> we are good partners, is what I have to say. We have the same downfalls, but we uh, care about each other. <laughs> you know what, though? I love it because, I, I don't know, I, I kind of have this feel at the moment in that this is going off a bit of a personal route, but kind of it feels like a big moment of change for me and a lot of people. And it's kind of whether it's friends selling houses and moving somewhere different or big relationship changes or jobs. And for me, it's kind of it's more of a professional capacity. I feel like, you know, there's a big change coming. And so so much of me goes, can I can I do what I want to do? Can I do this? Can I actually make this push and change? And then, you know, there's always that imposter syndrome of, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know as much as this person. I can't do this. I'm not X, Y, and Z. But like to hear that you guys started a coaching business, an online business. Okay, yes, you have the coaching and sporting background. You have that. But you started an online business and you didn't even have a laptop and yet you've made it work. Like... It's actually personally in this moment of my life a really nice thing to hear. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you got yourself a laptop and, and what happened next? Yeah, we started like it, it was great because I think our strong suit was I, I think I remember I like talking to Jess. I was like, she's like, okay, so we're gonna like train runners and OCR athletes. And so I was filling her in on like how OCR athletes train and I was like I don't understand how they train because the races are like take hours they're hours of running (laughs) and these people do CrossFit and so I'm like if we could just if we could get them on a running program I just know we would have such success with these athletes so that kind of became kind of our like where our kind of our angle with the coaching business is there was a lot of people that were going to these OCR classes, doing all these cool ninja classes and CrossFit and this and that. And our thing was 95% of the race is running. So let's like put them on a actual um, running program that's like a scientifically sound running program that's been proven year after year mm-hmm. through top marathoners and half marathoners and all this stuff. And so, um, yeah, we decided to just obviously who should do the run programming, Jessica. Um, so she, she took, took handle of that portion of our business. And I took, um, as an obstacle racer, I decided to kind of be the strength coach. Um, so that's been, I think what a lot of people come to us because they like that the strength coach and the run coach create the program together so that Mm -hmm. the strength side and the run side is really well integrated. You're not Mm -hmm. having like the strength coach have you do a whole bunch of heavy squats and then the run coach have you go to the track and do speed work the next day. Mm -hmm. We know what's going on from both sides of sides of the coin. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how, that's sort of how was our vision for the business. And then I guess it came to sort of carrying it out, which um, I have to thank Jess for. I'm like someone who will outsource my life a lot. <laughs> um, Jess is very much like, I'll figure it out. Like, um, I don't know if you'd have Task Rabbit in the UK, but it's- We may do, but I don't use it. But that's really sums up like how I go about my life a lot of the times. Like, I had like this piece of furniture that I got delivered and I was like, there was like an instruction manual like to put it together. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I hired a task rabbit, which someone basically comes to your house, builds it out for you. If I need like a picture frame, like put up on the thing, I hire a task rabbit. Like <laughs> if I need my apartment cleaned, now I've kind of figured out how to do that, but I will like, so Jess was this the one. This actually answers a lot of questions for me, Faye. <laughs> I know. How did she do all this stuff? <laughs> yeah, and now I can go to Jess and she's like my task rabbit 24-7. No, but just kidding. I'm just saying that when we started this business, um, it was good to have her help, you know, building the website. And we really worked well together. I had this vision and and sort of the connections and and this idea and then Jess was really able to actually do a lot of this stuff and teach me a lot and we we just worked really really well together is is kind of what I'm what I'm getting at (laughs) yeah and it's fun it's like one thing that I really am grateful for as my my writing career has been pretty frustrating the last few years with lots of injuries and stuff but um entrepreneurship shall I say I don't know it sounds kind of bougie but like building something like a business is actually quite similar to sport. Like you Mm. have to figure things out. You like the time in like yields rewards or results and you get to be creative. Like you need to kind of grind, but also kind of know when to dial back and diversify. And like, there's a lot of similar characteristics between Mm. high performance athletics and 
I was going to say a high performance business. That might be like pop a bunch of a little bit too much. But building something, just building something. Well, it, it takes drive and dedication and commitment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if you want to succeed at something, mm-hmm. and yes, for sure, uh, athletes and high performing business people, they, they definitely have that in common because you, you need to have that ability to work really hard, the thirst, the want, the, the you know, to be able to go after it. Because these things aren't easy. These things are not easy. They're hard work, both, yeah. you know, sports and building your own business. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So I think yeah. we both really enjoyed having more than just sport in our lives, because then if something's going tough in sport, our first passion's like, well, good thing that we can kind of shut that channel off, focus mm-hmm. on something else that's like so different using our brains instead of our bodies and then hopefully see some success or at least some change or progress there Mm -hmm. yeah definitely Mm -hmm. so how did you then go about launching it what what how did it because it's having an idea is fantastic Mm -hmm. and and building it is fantastic but selling it is not so easy yeah yeah we've been really lucky with um the fact that Faye's been so present in the obstacle course racing world. So that was a big help. Um, same with me, like I'm relatively known in the Canadian running world. And so we've had mm-hmm. connections and that's been, we are so, so grateful that that is like our situation. I think that's been a big part of our success. And then it's just one thing leads to another. I mean, I've really come to understand that it, like with a lot of building or growing something is just time in like at first we were this teeny tiny we had just a handful of people we were coaching and that's grown quite a bit Mm. um but it's also been several years and one person tells another and one person tells another and we kind of dial down our instagram strategy and we decide what we're good at and what we want to target versus what seems like a tangent and what we don't really mind or care about and just Mm. time has given us more focus and more precision and also just more connections Mm. I mean, it, it is a great idea because it's it is such a hard thing to train for OCR, mm-hmm. and it's specifically because it requires so many different parts of your body to work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, when I I chatted to Nicole on the last episode, and we were kind of talking about how we, we were talking about how OCR athletes can cross over into other sports and still mm-hmm. be successful, and how amazing that is. And then she's saying about how in the climbing community, you know, leg strength and running in that way isn't so, you know, it's not really done. Whereas, you know, John Alban, for example, before he started his training app, his answer to how do you train or how do I get faster? His answer was movie legs faster. <laughs> and uh, how do you train um, running and bouldering? And, and that was it. Um and he he is a really funny guy. Like, like it, it always it's always funny to hear that. But it's 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 really difficult because there are so many different skills that you need to master. And especially with the way obstacles develop, you know, learning a technique to get through an obstacle is great. I I have a great technique to get through um, swinging rings, but I wouldn't be able to transfer that to um, Canyon, for example, if you know that from OCRWC, because I don't have that strength and knowledge of my body and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good to be able to take these two sides and and put them together. It's a, it's a great idea. Mhm. Mhm. No, it it's been yeah, it's been a lot of fun and um you know, and even just the element of like the challenge of coaching kind of virtually as well. Um I think it's good for like it makes sense for the athlete virtual training because they you're not seeing your trainer every day and paying them a hundred and some bucks every day. You're able to um, and we've like developed videos on our apps and trying to kind of coach them um, that way. But the ver- the the body movement side of things is like a lot of times we're just like prescribing our athletes like go to the climbing gym and kind of learn those skills because those are mm. a little trickier to teach. It's not just sort of raw fitness. Um, mm. But and the way that a lot of our athletes do um, Spartan racing, like that's kind of the brand that's sort of taken off and they've been doing the obstacles for years and years and they haven't really changed. So how do you get better? Well, most of it is just getting faster. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. So what's been the biggest challenge that you've faced in, in setting this up and and, and building it up? Obviously it's like, say it's remote, so you don't have that in-person face to face with people, but what's kind of been the hardest thing that you've come across? Hmm. I think for me, like what I, really struggled with is when I 
I'm like a very, um, like, like hyper focuser. Like I like to focus on like one thing and Mm -hmm. it was hard to like focus on just obstacle racing and really not have this, this business kind of was, we didn't have as many clients and I, you know, was spending all this time training and doing really, really well. And then having to put more time into the business and take time away from training. I felt Mm -hmm. like, I felt like really pulled in two directions because I knew it was like the right decision because I've got bills to pay and obstacle <laughs> racing wasn't, isn't going to last forever. And I needed a career and I really needed to vote time in that. But I was just also had just like such this like ego that I just sometimes would get a little bit resentful that like Lindsay could train all day and da 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 da. So I think the hardest part is just sort of like using like just kind of, you can't be absolutely excellent at everything. And we've chosen to be high level coaches and high level athletes and balancing all that can be a bit tricky. Um, and I think that's kind of what I've struggled with the most. I just sometimes feel like not anymore, but when I was competing at a high level, like when I was working, I should be training. But then when I was training, I should be working because I'm not making enough money training. And it was just constantly this tug and pull. that's life though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think every human has something that they feel guilty about. Yeah. Um, that they're not doing or they're doing the wrong thing. Or, you know, you get very few days where you kind of go, I'm satisfied. I'm right, satisfied right. with what I did the other day. There's always something mm-hmm. more you could do or something you should be doing. Or right. it's, it's kind of part of the human condition, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, we're, we all and beat ourselves up about it. On that note, like we're really lucky because we can create our own hours. So now like Jessica and I, like we create the hours that we're going to take calls, the hours that we're going to write programs or hours that we're going to do our own training. And so setting those boundaries and being like, okay, with like enough is enough. Like mm. it's eight o'clock at night. You've done enough computer work. Like enough is enough. <laughs> You've already ran 15 miles. You don't need to run 20. Like enough is enough. Um, I can be a pretty extreme person and have a hard time creating those boundaries. Um, but this mm. business in a, in, a, in a weird way has sort of helped me establish more of a like holistic life in the sense where, um, you know, you're using your brain, you're using your body and you have just, just different boundaries in different areas of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to add on that, Jess? Um, no, that, that was actually a good question. What the, what's the, what's the biggest challenge? And I definitely agree with the boundary setting. Um, it's one thing I'm always envious of and also would hate is in a nine to five, like you work from nine to five. And you have to work from nine to five every single day. And that sounds pretty, uh, pretty stringent and like scary to me. It doesn't work. Yeah. But also you're done at five. You're done. (laughs) You don't have to think about it again till nine the next day. And that sounds so nice sometimes, (laughs) but so it's like having utmost utmost flexibility is, um, it's a blessing and a curse, but mm-hmm. that's, that's part of the game. We signed up for this, I guess. Mm. Um, the other hard part has been, I mean, we both have, we have lots of friends and lots of good resources, but we're both kinesiologists at the end of the day. We're not business people. So it's been a lot of, well, like kind of face said, like, let we, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. So I've done a, a lot of um, just like trying to mimic what, other businesses that I perceive are successful do because it's like well imitation is the sincerest <laughs> form of flattery right not not that I'm copying people but um see so well, that's like, what learning is though isn't right? it right kind of <laughs> I've noticed that lots of businesses are doing infographics lately like lots of fitness businesses educational infographics so we started doing that because we figured mm-hmm. well if they're doing those then they must be useful people must like them they must I don't know if enough businesses are doing them, but like (laughs) kind of crowdsourcing knowledge like that. Yeah. Doing lots of research. And so it's been a lot of like guess and check or like, I think that this would be valuable, but I'm not really sure because no one can tell me, but okay, well, (laughs) let's just find out. (laughs) I'm sure it must be quite nice though for you. Like obviously it's scary, um, this unknown, but you know, you made the connection earlier about athletes and sports and uh, business people, but it's a new way. You're obviously somebody who likes to push themselves both of you mm-hmm. and and try new things and take risks so it's, it must work for you even if it's scary this kind of what are we doing let's work it out kind of thing yeah I guess one benefit of um failing tremendously in sport from time to time like I was trying to make the Tokyo Olympics and 
I didn't. Um, I was hurt all through the pandemic and spent two years basically cross-training in my garage, staring at the wall, hoping it would work out, and it didn't. Um, so, like, by experiencing failure, you kind of learn that it's not so bad. You can figure it out. So if, like, I don't know, if fitness disappeared tomorrow and obstacle course racing became obsolete and so did running like <laughs> for some reason absolutely no one ever wanted to train again because I don't I don't know why could just just everyone's we we all got a disease and all of our legs fell off like <laughs> okay well that would be bad but like we're gonna be okay <laughs> we'll yeah. figure it out we'll fi- we figured it out before we'll figure it out again <laughs> definitely and that's a really nice point um if, if life is always really, really easy and nothing goes wrong, when something does go wrong, you don't know how to deal with it. We all go through a yeah. phase in life where we have that first big bad thing happen. And it can mm-hmm. be very young or it can be it can be older. Like it, it always happens for a first time. And that first time is just devastating. First time is the, the worst. And the more that kind of goes on, you just kind of go, you know, I was talking to my mum the other day about something. I was like, it'll all be all right. It always mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, yeah, this sucks a bit, but it'll all be right. It always yeah. is. Yeah. It carries on. This will pass. It's fine. And yeah. it's, it's a really nice lesson to learn. It applies to everything, sport. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean things don't affect you or things aren't important, but you know long term, I will get through this. Mm-hmm. I will get through this. I've got through everything else. I'll get through this. I could be sad, but I'll get through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Pivot, pivot, pivot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how does how does it work? You say it's an app. How does how does the app itself and your training program work? If I came to you and said, "Yo, um, I need to run better," um, sure, or, you know, I want a podium at a Spartan, Spartan, Spartan age group. You know, what 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 would you do? How would you treat me? Yeah. So Jess, maybe I'll answer the first part, and you can answer like the second part of our of our process. But the first the first part is. Um, people will reach out to us and we'll get them to fill out like a questionnaire just to kind of briefly get to know them. Um, then they book a consult call and we mm-hmm. just talk with them um, about their goals, what their previous exercise history is, what their life's like, what their schedule's like, all these questions. Um, the idea is to leave that call with as much information as we can to know where they're coming from, what they what they want out of a training plan and how to really customize it to to what they need. So um, once we get all that information, um, we have two separate a- apps and these aren't like our, like our apps that we've created. We put our information into, mm-hmm. into existing apps and sort of, um, put our exercises. So then I go away with our, with our strength app, um, which we have a whole bunch of videos of exercises that we think are, are great exercises for runners or obstacle course racers. And, and we kind of look at their profile um, that we've sort of built from them and, and handpick um, sort of an exercise routine for them. Um, mm-hmm. And then Jessica does um, the run building on on Final Surge, which is what we use. Okay. Yeah, so for the running, um, sorry, I just wanted to clarify, Faye said we handpick their program, as in she makes it, like she picks the exercises one by one. It's not like there's 10 programs and she picks the closest. Like, <laughs> she's like, she's picking the best exercises. It's just a, a designed clear. for athlete yes, programs. Yes, it's designed, so yeah. Exactly. Gets, gets and that's why we're like, uh, I don't know how what we are price range, but I mean, these programs will take us like hours to write. So it's like we, and we're fitting it into like, like, there like it's so it gets so suspicious it's like I have one kettlebell and like one band and then like I can't do a lunge on my right leg and I can't put and I have the shoulder impingement and it's like working around all these different parameters oh and I only have 36 minutes to get the strength workout done and you're like, okay so you're wow, like okay. really designing it like a hundred percent for them um so it's 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 yeah a full-time job we're literally sitting in this chair every single day all day (laughs) but yeah and it works but then they can do it and yeah she's then given them something that's actually useful to them which is cool (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah and then on the run side we use a different platform because I don't think that as far as I can tell, a single program exists that's really, really, really good for strength and for running right now because most people are using one or the other. So the run platform is called Final Search. It's pretty similar to Training Peaks. Um, that's pretty well known. So it's just like a nice calendar. I put in all the workouts. Um, it syncs with uh, GPS watches. So it mm. pushes workouts to 
only to Garmin, I think, right now, though I think there might be a new sync that you can push to um, Apple Watch as well. But it'll take any GPS data back into their the program. So I can see what they've done. I can see their heart rates, their paces, how wow. far they've gone, all of that, uh, which is amazing from my mm. end. We used to use Google Sheets. Again, this is sort of like the wow. how we progressed. We used to use Google Sheets, and before them, we were just typing things out. So Oof. to now have this beautiful platform that integrates and you can communicate on, and like, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the this is the fun part where it's like wow great we leveled up like this is so much better than it was six yeah. months ago yes this <laughs> is like the real that's like the really fun stuff is figuring out ways to like do things easier and more efficiently and just a better product um, mm-hmm. which has been a lot of fun like after this I will go to the gym and be you know redoing a bunch of our old videos that need to be reshot and so there's there's always something to do but you know. It, there's always different things to be working on, which is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the coaching in terms of like the coaching piece, we have, we've really created like a whole bunch of different levels of coaching. So it, there's a really hands-off coaching where they're getting a program made for them and we're just talking once a month and there's really hands-on coaching where they have access to us like 24 seven within reason. Um, so, you know, <laughs> no one's come to our houses yet. No one's come to our houses, but like, so, and then we have like, we have like some like other options where they can like some packages include pre-race calls and post-race debriefs and like stuff like that, mm-hmm. some strategy calls as well. Um, so people will sort of pay a little bit more and have those included in their package. Or maybe they don't, but they want to purchase an odd one here and there. Those are like always options that we have um, so that we make sure that the training is like, you're they're getting everything out of the training. It's not just like a fitness routine that they're doing. No. So I guess the running, you also program in the same way as the fitness, the strength. It's it's very individual for the oh, yeah. client. Definitely, definitely. Um, because if you, well... Like we said, the main gap of, I would say, the majority of um, obstacle course racers, especially if they're newer, it will be mm. the running. Mm-hmm. And what that gap is, is different for everyone. So some people are running, in my opinion, much too little for the races that they're doing. Um, other people are running quite a bit, but maybe their speed work needs tweaking. Um mm. Maybe it doesn't exist yet. Maybe they can run five times a week. Maybe they can run twice a week. So all of that is definitely... Um, made by me because like with running comes a decent risk of injury if you do it improperly if you do too Mm. much too soon generally too much volume or too much intensity and that's one that gets missed a lot Um, most most people only think of mileage as being the the scary part or the danger of increasing your running but actually intensity is much much harder on your Mm. body so if you're not also paying attention to that then that can be a huge issue so yeah, yeah definitely right programs for each athlete individually yeah I mean it's running's funny because I I think it's brilliant in the sense that it's so accessible for everyone you know if you have a pair of trainers and some legs you can do it you know you can you can it's a great way for people to to get their body moving um and and just get a little bit of fitness and I think that's why it starts to become a little bit addictive for people because you can start to see if you're not a great runner and you start doing it you can start to see the improvements quite quickly like like you say it works but very very few people and me included um this is not a judgment of everyone know how to train in running when i was trying to run better i mean i don't really like doing anything over a 5k even when i was doing races i would never run anything over a 5k in training and all i did was run a 5k and just try and go faster all the time yeah and that was it i mean it it did okay, but I was also 28, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, it makes a big difference. But you just, people just don't know, and there are so many different things. And when you start to do different kind of training plans, even if it's just, you know, something off the internet, mm-hmm. which isn't run three times a week, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, this isn't boring. I'm not just running for an hour. I'm doing a little bit of this and a little mm-hmm. bit of this, and I'm doing... And, and it's quite nice to, to get that access to things, to go, oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be dull. yeah. <laughs> It doesn't have to be horrible all the time either. It will still work if you're not dying. Um, 
so it's it's kind of you don't know how much you don't know basically totally as, as... And i think you nailed the the hammer on the nail wait nail on the hammer <laughs> nail on the head with the hammer yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, you made a good point when you said um that you can just get a plan off the internet and give structure and it's pretty shocking how much there is to do like i would highly recommend anyone who's listening if they're not following a plan even if it's one off the internet that's free like that's a really good idea because i think most people gravitate towards just like training intuitively but your intuition will likely have you doing way too much if you're feeling good or forgetting to do runs um Mm. if you i don't know get distracted or you're busy can't be bothered or yeah exactly so it's really hard to quantify what exactly you're doing and making sure you're hitting everything if there's like no no plan to it no rhyme Mm. or reason it is honestly like so I, like I said, I always I used to run when I was a kid. I used to like sprinting. Um, so it's always something that I've kind of done. And then I had a baby and stopped running and doing. I had a bad back. And then when I got back into it, I really couldn't run at all. So I started Couch to Five K, which is such a great program. It really no, is. I, I didn't start Couch to Five K. I just started running, and I assumed I would be able to run like I used to. And I was really like, but you know, peed off with myself that I couldn't. So I was like, just go out and run, just move your body, run, walk, run, walk, run, walk. And I was doing that. And after quite a few weeks, I was like, there is no improvement here. Nothing is changing. I'm not getting better. So I was like, I will try and couch to 5K. Um, I probably thought I was a little bit better than couch to 5K and I was a bit arsy about myself. And I tried it and the improvement. And that's that is a standard program. I know it's it's not we're not talking huge volumes or anything, but we're talking no fitness to yeah. 5k which is a huge hurdle for those who can't run mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and it worked yeah mm-hmm. it because worked it's progressive so it's, it's yeah. like a structured progression and that is the key i think couch to 5k is a wonderful program as well because it builds and it's like methodical and it's gentle enough that it's not very dangerous there's no huge bumps apart but from that one week where you go something. from like eight minutes to 20 minutes and you're like Whoa. yeah that, that is the big <laughs> the big one but, <laughs> yeah. um but yeah it's just it, i think kind of my point there is you can think you're doing the same thing by yourself mm-hmm. well i'm just running and walking um this is what couch to 5k is but you ain't you're not doing it it's not working like trust that other people know more than you yeah and, and i also they will actually help yeah and i also think that people are will pick the runs and the workouts that they enjoy the most and the stuff that they don't really like they won't do like mm-hmm. if you're just like a person who loves high intensity stuff all you're going to be doing is you're going to be doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off like high 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 intensity running and you're going to skip out on your long run. You know, if you're more of an endurance person who just loves to be out there for hours running forever, then you're going to skip on the ski, ski, speed work. So it's good to have like an objective third party who lays out exactly what you need. And as we know about OCR, yeah, you really need all of that. Right. Like yeah. the, the range of fitness that you need for OCR is quite astounding, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry i was just thinking i was i was literally just thinking about kind of like how how people train in ocr and like well i mean i guess what you do it it, it works yeah i think and like just how it's so vast there's just so much to, to cover yeah and everyone does so many different events like we have like people who will run one weekend like a stadium race it's like you know, very, very short, like under three miles. And then they'll want to run like an ultra beast, which is like, you know, 30 some miles. Um, and like, there's just, they're excited about both distances, what I, which I think is really cool. Cause any other sport is like, like a marathoner. If you like say the coaches, Oh, you do a 5k this weekend. They're like, Oh, whereas a 5k runner, tell them, you know, you're going to run a marathon. They're like, are you kidding me? Whereas OCR racers, like maybe for better or for worse, but they seem excited about like all of it. It's like, Holy yeah. smokes. It's just the more racing you can do, the better. But I think even if I think about an event like Worlds, OCRWC, um, which obviously I know well, if you just think about that weekend, the 100 metres, 3K, 50K, you've got loads of uphill. You've got loads of... And people do all the events. I know. And then within the races, and this isn't, you know, specific to OCRWC, but I'm just talking about it because that's the one that I know very well. Within the races, there's then so many different 
disciplines that you need to be competent at. You don't have an option to not do it. You've got to be strong. Yeah. You've got to be fast. You've got to have strong legs to get up hills. Yeah. You've got to be strong to get down hills, which is really hard. You've got to have the upper body strength. Like Right. Yeah. That was absolutely shocking to me when we started. That was something that Faye, there are a few nuances of OCR that Faye had to teach me um, mm. as a pure runner. I was going to um, say as a purist started. when it comes to Yeah, because she's like, it's very normal for people to race all the time, like back-to-back weekends or back-to-back days or within the same day, all these different distances. Um, and that was a huge perspective shift for me because when I race the 5K, I have one 5K in me like per month. <laughs> <laughs> and, and after I run a really hard one, I can't even train for like almost a week. And so to do that many races absolutely blew my mind. It was like, mm. this is crazy. And so it has been, I mean, I understand much better now, but it was at first a bit of a mind sh- mindset shift to realize like, we're not training for one race and then a month later, another race for many people. It's really, we're training for like kind of chronic racing and this is what they enjoy. Mm. Like don't try and talk someone out of it. If this is if they love racing and that is the outcome they want. And that's not just like the age groupers or the fun runners. That's even the, 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 the guys on the top step of the podium, they do consecutive racing I mean Chris Roglowski the other week did you see her she did mm. Harrox World Champs yeah <laughs> yeah at Spartan and yeah it's but I, capable of it I would say that the top pros like the top top they do have like a more sensible um schedule like you're not seeing like Lindsay and like Robert Killian like some of the big names Nicole even you're not seeing them race everything like they, they're a bit more maybe not as Limited as Jessica was when she was getting ready for the Olympics, but mm-hmm. they're a lot more. I know they're a lot more limited than a lot of the, the athletes that were coaching. So I do think there is an element to, you know, really picking a solid race plan and not, you know, over racing, which we talk about all the time. I was going to say, is that something that you have to kind of warn people against? Because there is a bit of an OCR bug, especially mm-hmm. if you start to perform well and you have the opportunity to continue racing and to do more weekends and something comes up, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, it, it is a definite, uh, it, it is a bug that people get bitten by. Is that part of your coaching to to help people plan their races, to help them have that sensible head on so that they don't get injured and... Yes. Yeah. We, we spend a lot of time with people trying to discuss their season plan and um, like what they want that to look like. But the biggest thing is we need to understand what their priorities are. So some Mm -hmm. of our athletes do race every single weekend and that's because they love the community and that's what they like. And they, Mm -hmm. we, they want us to train them to be as fit as possible to, to survive all of these races. And that is their goal. Whereas other athletes are like, I want to go to the Utah Spartan race and I want to crush it. And that is my number one goal. Mm-hmm. Or I want to do OCRWC and that is the, my number one goal and everything is second to that. And in those cases, we will counsel people on like, okay, well, maybe don't race this weekend. You mm-hmm. will like, you know, miss a really critical long run. Or like if this is sort of a tense, gentle thing that just happens to exist versus something that you're really, really excited for or something that's moving you forward, then maybe now mm-hmm. isn't the time. So I really think it comes down to what you're trying to get out of your race calendar or out of your season. Yeah, that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Jessica, you came from a completely different background. Mm-hmm. Have you done many OCRs yourself or is it something <laughs> that you're not really allowed to do this with, what, with is the a, stuff you do? This is a great story. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Faye. <laughs> <laughs> So I definitely, when I'm competing and heavy in training, absolutely not. Like I, I, like I just said, it takes me a month to recover from a 5k. So um, like anything that's going to compromise that. Cause when you're in a sport that's measured in like literally one time I missed qualifying for a world championship by three hundredths of a second. Uh, I did later, but I had to fly from New York city back to Calgary, which is across the country. And then back to Boston two days later to try again. And so like high consequences, um, Lots of effort there. That was an expensive mistake <laughs> or expensive failure to Couldn't leave. Couldn't you have just stayed there and just gone up to Boston? Yeah, uh, it's because the second trip wasn't figured out yet. And right, okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but last September, I went to go visit Faye in Manhattan. Um, again, coming off the letdown of not competing in Tokyo, I had this huge injury that was kind of like getting better to the point where I could run, but I definitely wasn't fit. And I was at a bit of a crossroads about what I wanted to do with training Mm -hmm. at that point. And so 
the New Jersey Spartan race weekend um, corresponded with when I was there and Faye was racing. And so I said, hey, Faye, like, just can you sign me up? Like, can I just like do this thing? <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to experience one to see what it feels like because I can conceive it like like I think I know how it feels but if I'm helping people I would like to like Mm. actually know what it feels like in the race like I didn't know burpees were so hard and let me tell you I got to do a lot of them in that sprint a lot (laughs) They suck. Oh, they suck. Oh my god, I was like staggering at the end. Uh, So that was pretty eye opening. Um, (laughs) The race was a bloodbath. It was comical how poorly it went because I at this point hadn't really exercised at all for several months because of this whole Tokyo letdown situation. Um, problem number one. Problem number two, I am good at running, <laughs> um, which means that all of my lifting, and I do lift like twice a week and like I have a program and it's important, but it is tailored to running. Mm-hmm. So um, body coordination, bravery. Um, I've, I've lived my whole life trying to make sure I don't ever fall or put myself yes. in a dangerous situation. Upper body strength, <laughs> lacking, all of that, very lacking. So, Faye, do you want to summarize how it went? <laughs> yeah, like, I knew the first bit was, like, a climb, and, like, Jess would be completely fine. She'd, like, be crushing it, like, up in front. And then I couldn't really see what was going on at the top of the mountain, so I just waited at the bottom. And then she came through the dunk walls, and, like, just her getting in the water, like, in the, like, she just had, like, this look of fear on her. And then she was climbing up the, the, like, A-frame, like, just the, the, the ladder, the triangle ladder that you just climb up and climb down. Like, it's not really even an obstacle. She, like, climbs up, but then she was terrified at the top of, like, getting down. Like, she was afraid of heights cold water, heavy things, fall, oh, e- even like falling off the monkey bars. Like I think you did well at the monkey bars or the rings or something, but she like finished and I was like, you're done. Like let go. Like she didn't even want to like let go because it was like too far off the ground. Um, yep. Oh, it was like so bad. So I, and I didn't erase that that distance but like I almost didn't want to race that distance that Jessica was doing because I like actually thought that she was gonna beat me and then it's like (laughs) oh this whole dynamic about phase the obstacle specialist and Jessica's the runner then it's like is she even gonna need me in this business (laughs) so I like sat out I was like ah yeah you just do the sprint I just really wanted to just yeah I thought she was gonna like win I was like it's just like all running but there are just so many things like she couldn't do like picking up the atlas but to be fair she's like very small like you know elite track women are just tiny and she you know she's tiny short. tiny <laughs> short tiny everything it's just like I don't know it, I was like shocked how bad she did <laughs> also to be fair I had zero training I touched an obstacle for the first time an yeah. hour before yeah but I mean, yeah but but even that said it was still um very, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> it sounds like it probably went better than most people's first Spartans. But for somebody who's an Olympic athlete, it's not really the level yeah. that you're used to performing at, is it? And I'm just kind of picturing someone really tentatively getting to the edge of water and being like, ah. Whereas yeah, like, whatever, <laughs> whatever pictures yeah. in your head, um, it was probably twice as bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you did it. But you did it. Yeah. Uh, my biggest fear of doing it was I didn't want this narrative of like, oh, the Olympic athletes sucked. This is Spartan racing's harder than the Olympics because we all beat mm. the Olympian. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that that narrative perpetuated because I was just so bad that it wasn't even like, a, oh, this person narrowly beat the Olympian. It was like like 100 percent of the people in the race slaughtered the Olympian. So let's just pretend this. like didn't Yeah. Happen. <laughs> Just sum it up to sports specificities. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. Like the top people that are at the Olympics, like they are so specific on that sport. Like you can even look at their bodies and you can pin out that's a swimmer, that's a this, that's a this. I I love there's like a – it's a female athlete's range of them. It's, you know, which one each one is. And it's like – That body of sport thing, it's so cool. It's fabulous. Yeah, you can just like – yeah, so – it's almost like, I, you know, with high, high, high level sport, like what Jessica does, it's like if she was good at obstacle racing, she probably would be a worse 5,000 meter runner. That's kind of like how it works. 
Yeah. But it's, it's great for you to have tried it because now you kind of know what people are working towards and it's important that you know totally. what totally. your clients are doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to ask you about what you're going to be doing at Worlds. But before we get on to that, so if anybody likes the idea of this, what how, how do they do it? What would they do if they wanted to talk to you guys yeah so you guys we have a website so gritcoaching.net is our website you can um contact us there um and we'll we'll get your emails and we'll get back to you and yeah the initial console call is like completely completely free so if you're even like on the fence but you're like i don't know i like these girls but maybe not that much to pay for them (laughs) like whatever your thing is if you want to just chat with us and hear more about the programming and how we'd work together like please just like um, contact us uh, contact us via our website so gritcoaching.net fill out that contact form and, and we'll chat and we'll see if it's a good fit um, follow mm-hmm. us on our Instagram page which is grit um, grit underscore coaching um, yeah. and yeah we also have a newsletter which anyone can sign up for there's a link to that on our website um, we also have our own podcast called the nitty gritty training um, yeah, nice. yeah so we do a mix of like topics like training topics and some sort of more like sciencey like how to train properly and some sort of topics on that and then we also have guests in so we do um, a mix of both um we work with Mappy davis at obstacle racing media um to to use his platform to bring that to the audience so yeah that's cool that's us mm-hmm. nice awesome so you said you're gonna be at worlds mm-hmm. what's the deal <laughs> yeah well we i was we're coming in so we're not racing neither of us we're coming in thursday we're going to be there all weekend as far as we as know as far as we know we like, <laughs> there was talk of a team relay so we'll see but yeah. i just shared my experience charity so. open just for fun yeah we'll do something yeah we'll we'll like to take part in something we will yeah. take part yeah i think we def- what i meant racing we're not gonna like do the champion compete. world champs compete yeah. we're not gonna compete but i actually think we definitely will be on the course and you'll We'll definitely, um, Jessica get, will get revenge. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be out there. We're going to be doing a um, talk Thursday, like at the, I think, they were trying to iron out the details. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't say too, too much about this. But the idea is like, we would, we're going to do a talk uh, Thursday at the opening ceremonies. Jess a little bit of, is going to do a, a talk about a little bit of you know, pre-race nerves and getting ready for a big event and just to kind of pump people up. Like this is the world championships, like just a hype and a sort of a motivational talk at the opening ceremonies. Um, and then throughout the weekend, we're going to be doing like various seminars about like kind of recovery because like you said, Fran, like people are running like a gazillion events. So like how to optimize recovery and just some more like topics like that. And then, um, and then I think maybe we'll do something Sunday too. We're still trying to iron out all the details, mm-hmm. but we're working with uh, Matt at VJ Shoes. Um, he's been a longtime sponsor of mine. Um, love VJ Shoes. So I love VJ Shoes. Yeah. I'm so glad they're a partner. Like, yeah. They, they're so good. They're great. So yeah, Matt's um, been a sponsor of mine and a good friend. Um, so yeah, we're going to be hanging out at the VJ booth as well um, all weekend. So if people are listening to this podcast, you know where to find us. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. Everyone I've talked to has said that this is a really, really awesome event. Oh. Like athletes like we I mean they tell us about all the races but their eyes light up when they talk about OCRWC so honestly it's such a good event and obviously I knew about it before I started working with the guys and I liked a lot of events and I've kind of worked alongside a few different events and I've I I like them all but there's something really really lovely about OCRWC like and especially this year because last year there was no one from Europe there apart from Leon and Mm -hmm. Ida um and their teammate, whose name I forgot, which is terrible. Uh, but th- this year, like, oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be it's such a nice atmosphere. Like, it really is so lovely. And, it's you know, it being in a resort is so nice. Even when it's in a field, it's lovely. But, yeah, it's so special. You're going to love it. Like, everyone is It's just so much fun. It's so nice just to be there. I mean, yeah, I, it's going to be a blast. I went oh, to. You're pumping me up. <laughs> I, I genuinely, I went to OCRWC 2017 in Canada from the UK. I wasn't racing, and I had a seven-week-old baby. 
Oh. I just went because I loved it. So oh. we flew over and she was great. She was a legend. Um, but it was just such a lovely place to be with everyone. And, and you know, there's my tiny. Um, <laughs> but that's like, genuinely, that's how just fun it is to be it's, there. Yeah. Even, even if you're not taking part. That's awesome. <laughs> I think when I told Jess, because I was, I was trying to convince her. Well, not convince her, but I was trying to be like, all right, like, we're going to, let's go to OCRWC together and I, the first thing I said to her, and I do not mean to bash Spartan, I was like, don't worry, it's nothing like the New Jersey Spartan race. I'm like, I love Spartan, um, but I was like, it's just way more, um, like, well-prepared, laid out, like, planned, like, just logistically, it's not, it's going to be, like, a really good event. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we're we're super excited. And also, like, I think a lot of people, you guys are really the obstacle you're really an obstacle race. Like some mm. of these other Spartan has become it, it's Spartan and they've become way more catered to kind of running and their obstacles aren't very challenging anymore. Mm. And I mean, I, I get what Spartan are doing. It's different. I yeah. I love it. Like the standardization worldwide. I mean, we had, I did mention this the other week on another podcast, uh, something announced whereby the 10 foot wall, you're not allowed to use the, the supports anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've never been allowed to do that in the States, but in the UK you were, and everyone in the UK kind of learned to heel hook. Yeah. That's how they got over 10-foot walls. And now for women, you get a step. So I'm just like... Oh, yeah, right. I'd yeah. rather heel hook and go over the wall. That feels like more of a challenge than having a step and popping over. Right. So I, I do completely get what Spartan are doing, and I, I respect what they're trying to do in terms of standardization. I just find it a little bit dull. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that there's like just two types of yeah, they're like uh, very different, like two types of races. And I think that a lot of people come into obstacle racing because they're looking for like the unknown and like these really cool challenges and like, mm-hmm. oh, they threw this in and it's kind of constantly changing. Um, they're not like road runners who want to like PB their 5K and their 10K every weekend. So it's just like a different attitude. Um, I obviously love them both and I primarily have competed in Spartan. So I'm not bashing them. It's just we have a lot of athletes who um have the most fun out of the whole year at OCRWC because of the unknown right it's like yeah. they this new obstacle this new um yeah so so it's great so some of the obstacles are getting crazy like you're gonna <laughs> love them when you see them yeah I can't them. wait <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Oh, well, we had I, I don't know if you saw anything from last year but we had a couple of obstacles that were new and they're just like canyon one that I mentioned um, did you see any of that Jess no, no, I haven't um, seen. So Canyon was basically like a, a, a V and you traversed the outside of the V on rings. So it was kind of a, you know, a going down kind of right. thing. Um, yeah. And it was, <laughs> it was really low to the ground the first time. So it was very difficult for taller people or those with less core strength or overall body strength to kind of mm-hmm. keep themselves off the floor. Um and it's so simple. And that's what I love about the guys who design the obstacles. Like, they're so smart because we're looking at such simple creations. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to have a certain, like, engineering brain to be like, I can make that into something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Just, totally. To, just to keep it kind of as basic as possible, that there are no rules apart from you get from A to B. Um without loads of weird build and things that people could hurt themselves on or anything like that and make it hard but not too hard it's yeah it's mega i i <laughs> i i'm always thinking of like oh could this work as an obstacle no it never could i've never come up with one <laughs> yeah there That's should be awesome. uh, an opportunity at the end of each race to like pitch your obstacle ideas like a comment box <laughs> yeah. that would be cool maybe we'll make yeah. a great coaching obstacle jess yeah or they should make um you guys should partner with like Lego or Connect Blocks <laughs> or something. And little kids can create things. They would be the best minds to tap into. I love that. <laughs> that is such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> nice. There we go. Mm-hmm. New brains on it. It works. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Amazing, guys. Well, um, oh yeah, you're gonna have such a good audience at, at Worlds. Like it's such a nice. Obviously. Uh, as any of the championships for any of the OCR brands, like there's a large audience of people who love the sport. Mm-hmm. But I do think we have a very, very good selection of everyone 
in every range of every age of you know capabilities so i think yeah you'll 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 have a good time you'll meet a lot of good people and um mm-hmm. i hope they'll work out for you and yeah, it'll be lovely I'm to meet so you as well. Like, totally. It's, it's totally yeah, nice to chat. Yeah. <laughs> That's one downside of the, the online nature of everything is um, you don't get to see people face-to-face that mm. often. And then when you do, it is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> is it when it's like, I know you, but I don't know you, but I know you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you skip those steps of like, oh, let's get to know each other. And it's just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, guys, for taking the time to talk to me. It's really nice to learn about what you do. It sounds really valuable for athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's not a lot of people. Well, no, I don't have anyone in my head who does what you do, but I I don't Mm want to say there isn't anyone. But yeah, there's I I don't know of this kind of thing available. So it's really great to have that kind of hybrid coaching. Um, So, yeah, I hope I hope more people can start using you. Yeah, thank you, Fran. Thanks so much for having us on. Thank you. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.